Amen. Someone here had the victory. Hallelujah. Let me pause for a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, we come right now seeking your truth, your wisdom. Lord, I pray that you use me as your instrument, as your vessel, to preach your word with power, with purpose, and practicality. That, Father, Lord, that we walk away here better, with a better understanding, how to live a life fully and devoted to you. That you will be pleased and you will be honored with the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you can join me, open up to the letter to Romans, the seventh chapter. Looking at Romans, the seventh chapter. As we look at this verse and this passage, if you can help me announce this to your neighbor, the war within. Amen. Tell your other neighbor, tell your other neighbor, let them know that we in war, the war within. Amen. As we turn in there uh, to this text, we have been walking through Romans, if you will, looking at Paul's argument about how holy our God is and how sinful we are. Paul argued with us that we have been living a life full of sin that there have been many that God has allowed to go to a reprobate mind, and that their punishment was he gave them over to their depraved minds, and the sad fact was that they enjoyed doing so. Then he moved on saying that the reason why they have been allowed, many of us have been allowed to live in sin was because of God's grace. But his grace was not to be abused for us to continue on living in sin, but his grace was to lead us into repentance. And many of us have not come into repentance because we have not seen God's grace. But we are too, much ha- we are too happy living in a sinful life. I hope I'm talking to somebody this morning. And since we are caught up in this sinful life, he had to point out that some might be walking around, well, that's not me. I'm not caught up in a sinful life. Well, he had to break it down and say, all have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God, that there is none righteous. And, and if that wasn't clear enough, he went on saying, many of us have gone on and to done all of these wicked and defamed things that we have been blasphemous in the eye of God. And he went on to say, but it was by God's grace that he justified us and put off the sins of us unto Christ to make us right with him. And since we have been sanctified, we start building up this great hope that we now have, a hope that will not disappoint, but a hope of one day we shall be changed, a a hope that we are overcomers, that we're no longer slaves to sin, but we have been set free. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And since we have been set free, we should no longer be bound as slaves. And we should no longer be having sense to know that I have dominion or mastery over us. So it goes on to say that we should no longer be living in sin. Y'all with me here? If y'all have not caught on, I just went from one through six chapters just right now to bring us to the point of where we are right now. 
that if the law has come in to show us that we are sinful, is the law bad? They, as Paul goes on to say, no, the law is holy. Because it comes from a holy God. Tell so you never, God is holy. And so if God is holy, he can only make what is holy. That went over somebody's head. That went over somebody's head. Let me break it down to you. Since God is holy, he can only make what is holy. Some of y'all might catch it by the time I'm over. Looking in Romans, the 7th chapter, if we look at verses 18 to 25, reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 18 to 25 in our hearing. Amen. Those who feel you are welcome to stand and honor reading God's word. If you're not there, say, hold on. Amen. If you're there, say, let us begin. Amen. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature or in my flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Or another verse, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will save me? Who will free me from this life? That is dominated by the sin and death. Thank God. I'll say that one more time. Y'all, 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 y'all didn't react. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave. To sin. Can I read verse 25 one more time? It says, Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Praise God for his words. You may be see as you take your seat. Help me announce one more time. The war within. This war that we have is within us. I read in one book, a person put it this way, that the enemy is in a me. Y'all catch that? That the enemy is in a me. We, Jesus was with his disciples and he was in, in the garden of Gethsemane. He took three of them a little bit further with him and asked them to watch and pray with him for a little while. Uh, They couldn't even do that, so they fell asleep. An hour later, he comes back and says, can you just wait with me just an hour? And 
He says, pray. So you shall not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He told them, pray. So they shall not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Help me out, preachers to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you need to pray. Because in order for us to be strong because of the enemy within us, we need to spend some quality time in the spirit and not in the flesh. Am I talking to somebody this morning? That the word that's going on is in the flesh. The enemy is trying all that he can to get a hold of our flesh so that we go against what his law says. It goes on to point out to us that to know the law means I know what is right. When I know what is right, I know what I'm doing wrong. Am I talking to somebody? (laughs) You see, and so in this process of this law, the law shows me what my sin is. My, my, My sin is revealed to me because of the law, because we already said that the law is holy because God is holy. The law gives us instructions on how to live, but it's up to us to be obedient to what God says. I don't know about you, but I'm, I thank God that he does not force us. Because if he forced me, I would not know what love was. Some of y'all with me. Because he does not force me, I know what it means to say thank you for saving a wretch like me. Because he did not force me, I can say hallelujah, my redeemer lives. It's a sad state when we look at others who don't know Christ. How much more would it be like for us not to know Christ? For us to go on to walk around as if we do not know Christ, to walk around as if we say we have not sinned. And John says it this way, that you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Because we have sinned, all of sin, what? Fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, he sent the Christ. But look at this. He sent Christ because of the law. Look at the example he gives us dealing with marriage. I know this is a touchy topic to talk about marriage. Marriage is, a, is not even, even holy anymore. I'm going to take my time. It's so much so that many people talk about marriage as if it's just a sheet of paper. That since it's just a sheet of paper, all I need is a civil union. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Y'all, yeah. Some of y'all might catch it. And so all I need is just for the court to give me permission. Mm-hmm. Then I can do whatever they permit me to do. But yet, the court of law is not God's law. I've already clarified that God is holy and he makes holy laws. Man, we are not holy and we don't make holy laws. Therefore, we have the Amendments. Y'all missing it. The amendments came because the first laws weren't good enough. Y'all missing it. That they had to add on some amendments to make some new laws. Y'all missing it. Because if the laws are right in the first place, then you sitting here, many of us, if you look at our skin, you had no right to vote. You had no right to read. You had no right to even get married. 
He had no right to get on a bus. He had no right to get into a restaurant. You had no right to even call yourself a human being. But when the truth came out, and they, they saw, kept on running into this truth, they realized somebody had to be set free. And so once those laws were abolished or released, then there was a newness. That now we can vote, we can Mayor, we do have rights. We can run and go into any place that we want. Why? Because those laws have been abolished. Same thing he talked about with this marriage. The only thing that separates and ends marriage is, should be death. I said should be. Some of y'all are quiet on me. It's all right. Should be death. And so as long as you are living and married, it's binding. But when one of the spouses dies, he uses the husband. So when the husband dies, the wife is now free to marry another. He used the illustration of us that we were married to the law. Tell your neighbor, you were married to the law. And since married to the law, that you had to abide by the law, but the law never promised reconciliation. The law never promised that you will forever be restored in the right standing with God. The law did not promise that the next day after today you would be justified. No, you would have to go through the same action again and again and again. But we have been dead to the law. How? Through Jesus Christ. Going back to the sixth chapter, he says that if we were baptized with Christ into his death, how much more are we a part of his resurrection? And so if we have died being married to the law, the law is now dead. We have been abolished. We have been released to walk in the newness of life. Y'all with me here? In other words, that when Christ died, he set us free from the penalty and the, and the judgment of the law to set us free to live under grace. Grace is the gift of God. And then also we found out not only do we get the gift of God, which is his unmerited favor, but we get the gift of righteousness. Some of y'all looking at me kind of funny, don't mess up. If you come with us, got to plug this in. On Wednesday night Bible study, we, we got deep into this. About this gift of righteousness he gives to us. Not to, not to prolong it, but it means this, that we did not earn it, we do not deserve it, but he calls us righteous. He declares us righteous because of the work that was done for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to set us free, now when we look, God looks at us, he looks at us through Jesus and he declares us righteous. He restores us with a right relationship with him. We are now one with Christ, therefore we are one with the Father, and just like Christ, we can call God our Father. And since we can call him our Father, that we can look at our daddy and say, Daddy, how are you going to bless me today? Because he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the fullness of their own, belongs to him. As the prodigal son story tells us, the father told to the elder son, everything I have is yours. How much more does God say everything that I have? Is yours. If he did not withhold his only begotten son, come on, somebody. What would he withhold from us? Tell your neighbor nothing. So we see this law aspect has us bondage. 
And so Paul is pointing out that that this law within me now, this flesh, this carnal flesh, this sin that came and deceived. Because what? Nothing good dwells in me, in this sinful nature. He's pointing out, he's pointing out that left by myself, but by myself, I'm worth nothing. Some of y'all couldn't say that because y'all haven't humbled yourself. That's right, I'm going to leave you alone, but I'm going to go with those who are still talking. Because I realize, oh, wretched man am I, but glory be to God. But if you can't get there, you're still fighting amongst yourself. And the problem is many of you might be fighting so much so you don't know you're fighting anymore. You have already conceded defeat and is living in the life that you're living in and wonder why you wake up morning after morning depressed and upset and not satisfied because you have not allowed the joy to be restored in you. Because the Bible says that you are dead to sin. You are dead to sin if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are dead to sin. You are free from the bondage of sin to walk in his grace. You should no longer, you should no longer satisfy the lust of the flesh. For verse 5 says, For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit of death. Y'all see what happens there? That when we work, we allow the sin to work within us, all it brings forth is death. All it brings forth is death. Living in this world, and we wonder why we see so much death around us, because people are living in sin, and all you're going to get is death. You reap what you sow, God will not be mocked. So we are reaping in sin, or we, I'm sorry, sowing in sin, we're going to reap a harvest of death. But yet it says this, that we should be working for righteousness, and we'll reap what the benefit of spiritual life, right there in Romans 6 chapter. Well, you find out that what? The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So if I'm going to work in sin, I'm going to get death. I don't know about you, but I worked hard for death. I don't know about you. I can just talk about Samuel Thomas Durham right now. And I know for a matter of fact that the devil had me employed and I was working hard for him. But I'm so glad that God saw what messed up state I was in. And he let me know that, Sam, you ain't got to keep on working for him, but I will set you free. And when he set me free, I'm no longer looking how I can satisfy my own evil desire and work for the enemy, but be an instrument of righteousness. So now I feel just like Paul that as I continue to draw closer to God, my flesh keeps on fighting with me. For the law is holy. But sin takes opportunity through the law. Y'all see that? Y'all, y'all know how he can, this is almost as symbolic as the enemy, the serpent. Y'all familiar with what happened in the garden? It says the serpent was deceitful among all the other creatures. So he was more cunning than all the other creatures. He was more crafty. Pointing out that they already knew he was low down and dirty. He was no good from the start. He spoke no truth, lived in no truth. So he already came out ready to deceive God's creation, Adam and Eve, to take opportunity of the law. Look what he did. He says, did God say, what did God say to you about the tree? Eve messed up. Says good for us, not, it's not good for us to touch. No, so really? Not to touch it? And that's not what God said. He just told him don't eat it. Surely you will die. 
So he played on, touch her. Oh, if you touch, you won't die. I, I can imagine her having it in her hand, and she's still alive. Like, yeah, nothing changed yet. She eats of the fruit, gives it to Adam. Nothing's changed. Wait a minute, we naked. Oh, we scared now. We ashamed now. Adam, where are you? Oh, how the Lord, we naked. Why are you naked? Did you eat? From the tree? Oh, oh, what me? It was that woman you gave me. That's what he said. It's your fault, God, because you gave me that woman. That's what he said. The woman looked and said, well, well, my fault, God, was that serpent. But you see, the serpent took opportunity to deceive according to the law. That's the lies on him. He gets onto us that uh, uh, only one time won't hurt. Mm, 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 mm. Nobody else will know. It's just between you and me. Lies, lies, and more lies. Come here, Moses. Moses looked around, slew the Egyptian. My Bible says that he looked around to see that nobody saw what he did. But word got out. Y'all don't hear me. Well, we'll get out when you do wrong. So don't, don't get caught up with the lies or the enemy thing that you can do it and get away with it. He wants you to fall into those lies and live in sin and be, oh, miserable. Like Paul says, oh, miserable man, oh, wretched man am I. Oh, man, he wants you to feel guilty about yourself. There's a war fighting among us. So the war has this understanding the law. So now that we know the law, we find out we start doing the things we hate. You're a liar. You hate lying. Y'all, 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 y'all quiet on me. You know you lie. You hate lying because you know that you should not be lying, but you keep on lying. So now you're doing the stuff you hate. And you're like, who can set me free from this habit? You're a fornicator. You want to quit fornicating, but you love fornicating. Now you hate fornicating because you know it's wrong. Now you're trying to stop. Who can save me from this? You're a drunk who likes to get drunk, but now you hate it. Who can save me from this? You like to puff, puff, pass. Now you hate it because God's calls you away from it. You're wondering who can stop me from puffing and passing. Y'all with me here? You get on the computer. And all of a sudden, you start looking at content that you hope nobody else is looking at but you. But now you start feeling guilty every time you look at it. Because you hate looking at it, but you're one who can save me from looking at this mess. Am I talking to somebody? You got a tongue that likes to speak good and no good. Who can help you from stop picking up that phone? Texting, emailing, Facebook, whatever you just saw. Oh, wretched, miserable woman, man, am I. 
I know the law is holy and the law is telling me how thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet it, thou shalt not steal. Oh God, I understand what your truth demands, but my flesh is weak. But the Spirit is willing. But God, and they say it right there. But God, but God, some of us need to say, need to say in our lives, but God, he was rich in his mercy. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I like how the new living says, so you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Help me tell your neighbor, who can save me? Tell me the answer is Jesus. Tell me one more time. Help me preach this time. Who can save me? Tell me the answer is Jesus. Who can save me out this mess? Come on, help me preach this time. Who can save me out this mess? Who can wash my sins away? Who can make me white as snow? Who can set me free? Who can make me free indeed? Who can set me up in the heavenly places? Who can take my burdens away? Who can give me peace a chance of all understanding? Who can restore my marriage? Who can set me free from addictions? Who can help me have a pure heart? Who can give me a pure mind? A pure tongue? A pure heart? Who can? Who can? I'm going to let you alone, but I'm going to just tell you like this. Come here, Moses, one more time. God instructed Moses when he went into Pharaoh's land to tell him what? Yeah, y'all say, let me preach this. Let my people go. And he asked them to be let go so that they could go. And worship him in the wilderness. Y'all y'all missed that. Let my people go. How did Moses find them? In chains and bondage. Maybe not figuratively chains, but they were in chains and in bondage under the authority, the dominion of Pharaoh. But God sent a redeemer. Who was born in a basket. Some say he was a basket case. And yet he was raised up among them to go back for them. To tell the captive to let my people go. He said, let them go or set them free so that they could worship me. So that they could serve me. Where? In the wilderness. Some of y'all missed this wilderness part. This wilderness was not a place of glory. It was not an oasis, but it was a desert land. <laughs> a land so messed up that they went out there, they cried out to, where's the water? But our Bible reminds us that he could bring water out of a rock. He could throw a stick into a bit of water and make it sweet. 
They looked around. They had no cattle, but all of a sudden birds start bringing them food. <laughs> they looked around. They had no good, no, no, no wonder bed factory. But every morning, the dew turned into bread. But yet, they would not have experienced that if they were still in bondage. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that Jesus came so that you could be set free. Set free of bondage, set free of slavery, set free of you thinking you're living the best life you can have. But yet God has come so that you can have life and more abundantly. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I will take you out to where you can have life and have it more abundantly. So that you can be free of whatever is ailing you. If he can make the lame to walk, the blind to see, how much more can he not set you free of alcohol, of pornography, of weed, cocaine, infidelity? He can set us free so that we can worship him in a barren land. Y'all know y'all missing it. We are in a barren land. You can look around, there's darkness and evil all around us, but yet we can march for the Lord. Because when he took them into the wilderness, word started spreading that there's a God in the wilderness. And they started trembling and shaking because they knew they were in error. And if God came in their direction, they knew they would be utterly destroyed. I want you to know that when you got God taking you out of bondage and slavery, that he will lead you to victory. Anybody here got the victory in Jesus? Oh, wretched man, who can save me? Oh, thank you, God. Through Jesus Christ. So now let it be our same testimony. That, Lord, with my heart, with my soul, with my mind, I will serve you. Yes, my flesh desires that that's contrary to you, but no longer am I living according to the flesh. But I surrender all to you. Can you help me sing that hymn? Can you help me out, Pastor uh, Brother Linwood? I surrender all, all to thee. Us. I surrender all to thee, my freely Surrender.
Sing the chorus one more time. I surrender all. I surrender. Just take that time to meditate, to surrender to the Lord. I surrender. Don't let the enemy have his way, but Lord, I surrender all to Thee. Is he your blessed Savior? Is he your blessed Savior? I surrender. If you play that one part, all to thee, my blessed Savior, all to thee, my blessed, all to thee. All to thee, my blessed Say that one more time. Give it all to him. All to thee, my blood. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. All to thee. and adore you just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything give me a uh, pastor more give me out you God oh bless you God hallelujah hallelujah it's all right we came here to worship it's all right it's all right to worship him 
Hallelujah. Can I get some more volume? Can I get some more volume? Hallelujah. It's all right to worship him. I, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I, 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 I'm just calling and worshiping right now because I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm done preaching. I, I got done preaching a long time ago, but I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking that we're about to celebrate Independence Day. But way back on Calvary, I was set free. So my Independence Day is not on the 4th of July. But every day I wake up in the morning, my Lord has gave me a brand new day. He set me free. He's turned my life around. And so I just had to say, I love you, Jesus, more than anything. I, I know I can't sing, but I made a joyful noise unto the Lord. Because he's been good. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Tell your name, he's been good to me. So good. Good God from Zion. I, I, I know some of y'all might have been looking at your time, but my time told me it's some more time to praise Him. Tomorrow is not promise, but what I can wave my hand, I can talk on my own. Now you, you know there's some people that can't wave their hands, they can't shout to the Lord, but I got the ability. I got to, or to offer some reasonable strength. Uh. So I'm just going to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. The psalm says, better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. I want you to catch on, catch this real quick. I'm going to leave you alone. What do you think it would look like to have one day in the presence of God? Somebody said you can have a thousand day vacation in the Bahamas, in the place you think is paradise. Or would you choose just one day in the presence of the Lord? If you look in the Bible, my Bible reminds me that in the presence of the Lord, there's healing. In the presence of the Lord, there's joy. In the presence of the Lord, there's peace. In the presence of the Lord, there's glory. And he told us, they were two or more are gathered. Surely, I'm in the midst. So let's never ever lose the opportunity to be one mind and one body and one spirit and worshiping our God just to see His presence.
Lord, we just thank you. That you sit high, yet you look low. To see about your people. Father, Lord, we desire that you'll be pleased with our praise. That you'll be pleased with our worship. And that, Lord, that your truth, your truth, may it be hidden within our hearts. That we might not sin against you. Father, we pray that we take heed to what your word says. And look to you to redeem us, to save us from the lusts and the schemes of the enemy and of our flesh. That we realize, Lord, that we are not weak, but we are powerful through the power of your Holy Spirit. That through Jesus Christ, he defeated death, so no longer are we slaves to sin. But now, Lord, we serve you under grace. We thank you, Lord, for your truth, for your power, all through your Son, our Lord, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen.